Welcome to the Whiteboard Session, Examining Our Faith, based on Luther's Small Catechism. This week, Pastor Jung talks about the Second Commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Let's listen in. Uh, welcome, everyone. Again, we are here uh, with our uh, Whiteboard Session, Small Catechism, the Second Commandment. Uh, it's good that you joined us today here at uh, Faith Lutheran Moore Park in California, and here we are going over uh, the second commandment. Let us begin uh, with a word of prayer. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, dear, dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul in all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Amen. Now every week as we uh, go through uh, the commandments and, and the Apostles' Creed, and as we journey through the Catechism, again, here is the book that we usually use, Luther's Small Catechism. But also, um, as I was driving this morning, I thought, why don't I always suggest a book for you to read? Just one of those light bulb kind of things. And uh, yeah, so here's a book that I have for you. Um, it's called Praying Luther Small Catechism. The author is John Pless, one of my professors uh, that I um, was under at school. And uh, what a great book it is and how applicable it is uh, to what we're learning because, well, uh, Dr. Pless uh, discusses uh, the Catechism, along with how we can pray through the Catechism. So as we journey through the Catechism, I highly, not even just slightly, but I highly recommend this book. It's very affordable, you know, maybe two lattes and you're set, r r roughly around $10. If you go to uh, www.cph.org, cph.org, uh, there you can find it for that price. So. Uh, please um, uh, take heed to my advice, a very good book uh, that really gives you uh, a proper summation of what we're learning today and through all the, uh, uh, through all the courses, uh, through all the studies that we're learning, uh, what a great opportunity it is uh, to, um, to get more out of the Catechism through this book. All right, with that, why don't we begin... And uh, from Exodus 20, verse 7, uh, we see the commandment, the second one, dealing with God's name. And it reads, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. As we see it in the Catechism. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie, or deceive by his name but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. As it reads in the explanation, we should fear and love God. Again, the key point of why we're talking about this part of the explanation is that it deals with the first commandment. It deals with the heart. Whatever comes from the heart, that is what is to come out by the lips. Now, when the Lord says, uh, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, he is saying you should fear and love God, right? 
that we should always fear and love him, for he is the one who guides and protects and leads and defends us from all things. But when we do not fear and love God, we will proceed, as we read in the explanation, to curse, swear, use satanic arts, that is, uh, psychics, fortune tellers, astrological signs. Uh, we will lie or deceive by God's name as we take an oath in court, swearing to tell the truth in the name of God, yet how many people use that name to deceive their neighbor uh, with lies? Not only are we not supposed to do those things, but God, well, he implores us because we are living in his name, that we should call upon him in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. So as children of God that are in his name, we are called to call upon him in every trouble because he is our father, that we pray to him because Jesus Christ is our intercessor, and that we praise and give him thanks because he is the one true God, the one who has delivered us from sin, death, and the power of the devil, the one who has given us all things in daily bread, and the one who continues uh, to guide us um, every day of our life. But again, this second commandment about fear and loving God, about not cursing, swearing, and using satanic arts, lying and deceiving his name, but calling upon him in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. It is in this commandment that we really attack and focus in on that word name. Now, what is in a name? What does your name mean? I know all of you have names that are hearing this, I hope, right? I think. Like my first name is I'm Ernie or Ernest, and that means, well, earnest and also seriousness. Um, I know Jeff, our, our wonderful technician here, um, his name uh, means traveler, I believe, from the derivative of French. I don't know if you knew that, Jeff. Did you knew that? Uh, but uh, I looked it up. Random, right? But... Uh, our names have a great significance in our life. I mean, I think all of our parents who named us had a reason to name us for what we are. Uh, but when we talk about the name of God, what name do we live under? In order to understand God's commandment to not misuse the name of the Lord your God, we need to understand what is this name that we are using or misusing? What is that name? Isaiah 9, 6 writes... This is the name that we have of our Father who sends us Christ, that he is in his name, the Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. And this is the name that we live under. This is the name that we are led by, and that is a good thing. We're led by the Wonderful Counselor, the Prince of Peace, the one who brings peace to the world, who counsels us by, by his word, uh, the Everlasting Father, who is not temporal, right, but is everlasting, eternal, the one whose word promises us eternal life. This is our Father. This is the name that we live under. Um, in Matthew 1.21, the angel tells Mary, You will name him Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. This is the name you are under. You are under the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. John 1.1 reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The name of God is the Word. So wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, uh, the name, uh, you will call him Jesus, right? The Savior of the nations, the one who has saved us from our sin by going to the cross, that this name of God is the Word. The Word made flesh, as it says in John 1. Now, knowing who God is shows us, well, why we ought to honor Him. What has He done for us to bring us in the fold? That is, to be children of God, heirs to His kingdom as inheritors of His righteousness and eternal life. What has God, is, what has God done and how does that name reveal um, His grace? And we see it right here in the name. So the name is very important because when we know who God is, when we know what name we are under, well, we honor Him with our lips. When we fear and love God, we honor Him with our lips by telling the truth, by serving our neighbor, by not living um, under the uh, idolatries of man, but by living under His name. Right? Not seeking comfort in our own name, but seeking comfort in the wonderful counselor of our one true God. That is what we are addressing here in the second commandment today. And most importantly, when we talk about names, you guys, today, it is the name that is given to you in those words and the water when you were baptized into Christ in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It is in that name that you have been brought into the fold. So when we speak of do not misuse the name of the Lord, what we are saying is, Yes, I have been called by name. I've been I've been called by God by His name uh, given to me uh, through that word of holy baptism, through that water, and there in that name I have been connected to Christ, grafted into His name, and therefore, with this heart of faith, I go out and serve Him by my confession of faith, by my lips, by the words that come out of my mouth, uh, that honor, and acknowledge, and praise and give thanks to the Father, that in the midst of all trouble, I go to Him in prayer, knowing that the Father is listening through Jesus Christ. Now That is what we ought to do in the second commandment, to call upon His name because we know who He is by faith. Some questions we must ask ourselves today is, what is uh, the law here concerning the second commandment? How does God show us our sin here in the second commandment? Uh, some diagnostic questions we can ask ourselves. Uh, do I curse or have I cursed? Uh, do I use God's name cheaply for oaths? Uh, do I deceive others under the guise of swearing in God's name? Do I pray to God in times of trouble? Uh, do I call upon the Lord, pray, praising and giving Him thanks? Again, why do we call upon the name of the Lord? Because we know there's no other name we can call upon to guide and lead us. But yet, um, that second commandment shows us the battle with the name. 
What name do you live under? I see it kind of like a, an identity crisis, right? Where we're in the, between the name of God and, and man, the man's name, and it's always that question of, well, what is my name? Is my name just what my parents gave me in my first name, Ernie, or is it, I am a baptized child of God, and I am in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Which name do I grab hold of? And that's a question we need to always ask ourselves because when we grab hold of our own names, again, from the heart comes out the words through the lips. And if we're grabbing hold of our own name, what happens? So the heart and the lips, when we trust in the name of man, uh, we will not honor God in his name. We will curse others. We will, the result is through our lips, we will swear falsely in the name of God, uh, seeking to benefit ourselves rather than speaking the truth, even forgetting his name completely and what he has done for us, that we flee to our own names and our own human lips, living in our own names and therefore resorting uh, to witchcraft, idolatry, uh, deceiving his name, fortune tellers, psychics, all these things. Now, this is all a symptom of the heart, right? What name do we trust in? What name are you under? Now, that's a very important question to ask yourself as you live daily because so many times we, we can be so enveloped by our own name. But see, the commandments, what do they do? They show us our sin. And the law shows us that, yes, we fall short as we honor our, no, our own names rather than God's. We use our lips for our own benefit rather than for the love of God and praising Him and the love of neighbor. And therefore, the law points us to repentance. And in that repentance, we confess our sins and we seek Christ and His forgiveness. This is always the bottom line to all the commandments. Yes, these are commands from the Lord who, as we see the Israelites, right? He delivered them from the hands of Pharaoh and he gave them the free life, this new life. Well, after that water, Red Sea, as we look at it as a baptismal reminder to us that through the water came their freedom into this new name as God's children. And likewise for us in our baptism, we are in a new name. We're no longer captive to sin and death, but now by the gift of baptism that we are grafted in to that name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit into the new life. So as we continue to live in his name, we very well know that in Christ, well, we have everything. That in him we live, move, and have our being. As you have your Bible in front of you, as we continue on in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 13, um, here we see uh, the story of the ten lepers. I'll, I'll read it for you. It reads, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, who stood at a distance and lift up, lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, said to them, God, uh, show yourselves. Wait. And then he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. Typo, sorry. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. 
question for you today. Held captive by that destructive disease of leprosy, who did the lepers call upon? What name did they call upon in the time of their trouble? Leprosy was not like your common cold. This was a destructive disease that separated them from society. They were considered outcasts because it was very contagious. A very, very destructive disease for one's own welfare. And who did they call upon in the midst of their great and grave affliction? They called upon the lips, the name of the Lord. They called upon the name of the Lord. For they knew, and they said, Lord, have mercy on us. From the heart, to the lips, to the name. This is the second commandment, as it addresses, again, do not misuse the name of the Lord, but honor the name, go to the name in all trouble. Pray, praise, and give thanks. My next question for you, dealing with Luke chapter 17 and the ten lepers. Now, though only one had returned after being cleansed and set free from leprosy, now, what did that one cured leper say? Well, it reads in our text. He turned back, right? He praised God with a loud voice, right? Praise. What else did he do? He, with that posture of faith, he fell down to his knees, falling down, revering the Lord for his name. Because it's precisely because of that name that this leper and all the ten were healed. And it's by that name that he, that he had given thanks. Now, as we look at the story of the ten lepers in Luke 17, I don't know if you see it, but we are those lepers as well. Stuck in our sin, right? <clears throat> it is the most destructive disease, our sin. And because of sin, because of the consequences of sin, there is death. And without the Lord, we would be stuck eternally in condemnation, in eternal separation. Uh, we would uh, have that wrath on us, but by the love of God, he sends us Jesus. Remember earlier I said, what is the name? Matthew 121, you will name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. It is precisely because of that name that we too, like the lepers, praise the Lord and give thanks, knowing that we have been restored from the darkness, that we have been brought to the light, all because of his name. So what use is there to promote our own names when in fact it is the name of our Lord who has saved us? What's the use of misusing the Lord's name for our benefit when his name is above all things? the one who has brought us out and who has rescued us. What is the use of falling to the lords of idolatry and living in that name? What will that give us? Witchcraft and sorcery and, and astrological signs and psychics and fortune tellers. When we live under the name that has given us life, forgiveness, and salvation. 
Always ask yourself, and I always ask this myself, uh, what is the name that I live under? Am I caught up in my own name? Am I so enveloped by what I want to do rather than going to God in trouble, pray, praising, and giving Him thanks? Do I trust in my own name? Is my great concern in my pride and reputation of my own name? Or am I using my lips for God's glory, praising Him and giving Him thanks for all that He has done? See, I know, friends, all of us, we fall short of the second commandment. But thanks be to God that by His grace, that we always hear those words, the greatest name that we have in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, that we are baptized into this name, that we have great assurance knowing that by the authoritative name of Christ, that name, there he points us to the cross, the resurrection, the empty tomb. Knowing in that name we have been rescued, that his promise delivers us by his name, that because of his name, we very well know that death has lost its sting, that we have victory over death. And even that day when the Lord returns to take us home, there too we know that it's because of his name that he has given to us that we have all that we need. So remember, ask yourself this day, according to the second commandment, what name do I live under? And when we fall short, repent, confess your sins, and there Jesus is for you, for his forgiveness. May God bless you this day as you live gloriously in his name, and may your faith continue to cling continue to sustain you in what that name means for you, to honor it, to honor God, to praise Him, to glorify Him, and to know full well He is the Father of all goodness, the Father of grace. May this be helpful to you as you continue to dwell in God's Word this week. Well, friends, uh, before, we, before we close, uh, we're going to have a word of prayer, a prayer that has come out of this book. A praying, the Luther's, a praying Luther's small catechism. So I encourage you um, to, to get this book, read the contents of it, but also enjoy the prayers, which, as we will notice, uh, connect directly to each of the commandments. So let us conclude uh, with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Holy and merciful God, cause us to fear and love you so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie or deceive by your name call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks, and so to glorify your name, which alone is holy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Again, if you have any questions or comments, um, please uh, state them below, and we will answer them as soon as we can. May you all have a blessed day in his name. Go now in his peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to this study on Luther's Small Catechism. We hope this was helpful as you grow in the Christian faith and study of the Bible. For more information about Faith Lutheran Church, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com.